Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Michael Bratton of that SEC podcast, friend of the show. And Michael, as always, appreciate you joining us. How are you doing this afternoon? Oh, now that it's SEC football season, man, I'm doing great. So thanks, thanks both of you guys for having me. <laughs> Yeah, I figure like this is just your time to shine, man. That's where it happens. But uh, we'll talk about some of uh, the Arkansas stuff in a bit. But uh, Alabama and Ole Miss, I'm curious because this is a game. I feel like since Lane Kiffin's been in Ole Miss, everyone's like, "Oh man, are they finally? They're going. He's going to beat him. He's going to beat him at some point." And it's never really happened. Do you believe this is the time? This is the game. Does Lane Kiffin finally beat Nick Saban and Alabama? No, and that's kind of sad because this is the worst Alabama he's faced to date, and this may be his best overall Ole Miss team to date. But I, I'm just not – again, I'm not a huge believer in, in Lane Kiffin as a big-game coach. I think he's fine for Ole Miss. I think he's doing a heck of a job. But just comes up short time and time again, and all this drama with Kevin Steele, I have it on good authority from multiple people that that was a planted question, and he wanted that out there. So – uh, just more buffoonery, more clownery, and it's, I think it's really going to come back and bite him if they don't win this game. Mike, how, how big of a difference is Jalen Milrow going to make in this game? He started the first game, first couple of games, and, of course, they lost one to Texas, and then now uh, he missed the game at South Florida, and now he's back in the starting lineup. So what kind of difference is he going to make as the starting quarterback for Alabama? Yeah, the backup quarterback, you know, they often say is the most popular guy on campus. Well, that's until you actually see him play sometimes. Mm-hmm. And now Jalen Bilbrow is back to being the most popular guy in Tuscaloosa because they're they're awful behind him. And I don't think Jalen Milrow is some Heisman candidate by any means, but uh, he certainly is a lot better than their other options there in Tuscaloosa. So the problem there, I don't even know that it is Jalen Milrow, even though he made some critical mistakes against Texas. I blame the offensive coordinator, Tommy Reese, for putting him in poor situations, not utilizing his talent, asking him to do things that he's not comfortable doing, and playmakers around him. Where are the playmakers? Alabama's loaded with five-star receivers and running backs and all this, and when I watch him play, I don't see much of it. And uh, obviously the offensive line is a huge issue. So uh, they basically have questions all around Jalen Milrow. So going back to the whole situation with Kevin Steele, and for those that aren't aware, uh, Lane Kiffin has been calling out in Alabama saying that he doesn't believe that Kevin Steele's actually calling the plays for Alabama's defense. It's definitely a weird, weird deal. Why, why is this happening? I know you say it's about maybe some trolling or whatever, but – why is it this approach, and why is Lane Kiffin continuing to double down on something like this? It just seems odd. Just to have Nick Saban have another headache to deal with, uh, with all this turmoil, with the fans melting down, and people wondering if the dynasty's over, which it is. Uh, and lastly, because uh, he and Kevin Steele are not friends. We'll just put it that way. So, uh, I mean, it's just, It's a whole mess of a situation. And, again, this was a planted question that he wanted out there that he knew would get everybody talking all week long, and it it worked like a charm. And I'm honestly surprised Nick Saban even addressed it. But I'm sure Lane Kiffin got some kind of sick satisfaction out of the fact that the the GOAT had to address it on Monday. Mike, what's the date you put out power rankings for the SEC? Because as of September 16th, Alabama is – 
13th in the power <laughs> rankings in the SEC, and that's behind <laughs> Arkansas at 12. So is, is that the latest power rankings that have been put out? Yeah, I put about uh, as soon as the games are over on Saturday night, and then I go live and break it down on YouTube. But that, you know, obviously sometimes an overreaction, but, I mean, that was just god-awful against South Florida. Uh, that was the worst performance I think I've seen from a Nick Saban coach team since he lost to ULM back in 2007. So, yeah, maybe a little bit of an overreaction. I've, I've had more time to go back and watch everything, but, I mean, they're just they're just playing awful. At least they did last week. And if they play like they did last week, yes, they will lose to Ole Miss. But I think there's enough pride there. And, and certainly I think the defense, you know, that's one thing that's getting lost in all this shuffle of uh, their offense looking terrible, them making a, a god-awful offensive coordinator hire in Tommy Reese. The defense is pretty good. I mean, they, they gave up three points, and that was after they must have punt in South Florida took over in field goal range. So essentially the defense gave up nothing. Again, I know it's South Florida, so that's, you know we're not rewarding them much for that. But defense is not the problem. And I think they'll be able to dominate the line of scrimmage against Ole Miss, who can't run the ball this year. I, I think that's the difference in the game. Well, another uh, game that I think is maybe underrated or at least not being overlooked a little bit, just because of the fascination of where these two t- programs are at, is Texas A&M and Auburn, because this game is being played there in College Station. Auburn's 3-0, and but not to say that they've looked great. A&M's 2-1. and They can score some points, but did have that loss to Miami. I think uh, Bet Saracen has them favored by 8.5 points, A&M that is, in this game. But uh, what do you make of this matchup, and do you think that we're going to learn anything about these two teams? Because I just feel like it's not getting talked about enough. Right, yeah. And I was talking to someone on my show today, that SEC podcast, about this matchup, and they basically laid it out. And I agree with everything they said. You know, A&M's got the advantage of quarterback, receiver, defense. They got uh, Bobby Petrino has, has come in, made an instant impact. A&M's got more points scored, I think, than uh, at, at any point after three games in the Jimbo Fisher era. So it, it's, a, it's a home game. You know, all signs point, it, considering Auburn is, is kind of a duct-tape-together roster after Hugh Freeze came in there and added all these transfers. I mean, all signs point to Texas A&M winning big. That's sensible. That's logical. The only problem with that, sensible and logical do not go together with Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't be stunned if they lose this game. As crazy as that is to say, I just kind of lost faith in, in Jimbo as a head. I've lost faith in him a long time ago. I, I think they should have already fired him. But if he loses this game and he's still the coach on Sunday, we got a major problem. So I, I think this is the most pressure any coaches under in the SEC right now they should win this game by double digits but I, I will never again in my life as long as Jimbo Fisher's the coach put money on Texas A&M to win a game Tennessee Florida game was interesting last week how much have your feelings changed on Florida after seeing that performance against Tennessee yeah I mean a little bit I mean I went on national television and basically called Billy Napier out after the Utah game so He's redeemed himself to to a large extent on that one. They dominated the line of scrimmage, which I did not foresee that happening. They, they've done a, basically a 180 since the Utah game. But, I mean, you look at their schedule. Uh, yeah, their, their fans are feeling it right now, Joe, they, and they should be because they just beat a rival and beat the heck out of them when they were an underdog. But also Florida's got at this is a couple weeks away. At South Carolina, Georgia, Arkansas, 
at LSU, at Missouri, at Florida State. I think they can lose all those games. <laughs> and then we're sitting here saying, well, maybe Billy Napier's not that great a coach. Now, if they play as well as they did on Saturday, they're, they're not going to lose all those games. But I still don't think they win more than half of them. So what are we really saying here? I mean, I, I still think this is a 6-6, six and 7-5 six, and five at best team. That uh, I think the real difference there was the home field advantage in Tennessee just looking woefully underprepared. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the coaching, the player, none of them seemed to be on the same page. And, and that was troubling for Tennessee. Yeah, so just looking at the SEC in general, I think Georgia's still, of course, the creme de la creme. Winning a national championship, because that's what it's really about uh, when it comes to it all. But Georgia looks like that team. Some people still believe LSU could be that team. But in your opinion right now, is it basically if the SEC is going to have a national champion this year, it's going to have to be Georgia because you don't see anyone else doing it? I mean, possibly LSU, I think, could do it. That, that was my pick for the preseason. I don't I always think it's stupid when people, like, hold on to what they had in the preseason. I, I think you got to go off what we've actually seen. And their biggest game, we saw them get embarrassed. So that, that may not really be the answer. But Jane Daniels looked great. Last week, now, I don't really think Mississippi State is that good. I think they're the worst team in the West. So, yeah, I mean, Georgia, but even Georgia I've not been impressed with. I mean, up to their elite standard. They've not been there. But still, you got to consider them the favorite for what that's worth. But the, this is the, the most disappointing SEC I've, I can ever recall. So, yeah, they're, they're probably the favorite. LSU, in my mind, a close second at this point in time. But... I don't know. I mean, this this just feels like we're all going to get let down if, if we're, you know, rooting just for the SEC because I don't know if there's a national champion among the, this entire group. Another team in the SEC that had a big win last week was Missouri, but this week they get Memphis, who is uh, a team that can be explosive at times. What do you think of Missouri-Memphis in that matchup this weekend? Yeah, and as, as I'm looking at it, Joe, I think the spread is Missouri's only favored by six right now. And it, that this, now this isn't a typical home game; it's in St. Louis, but still, that's that's interesting. That that feels like Vegas is begging you to take Missouri in the six after that big win over Kansas State. So maybe they know something about Memphis that I don't. But looking at the numbers, Memphis got the number one most efficient defense in the country. I, I had no idea until I started studying for this game, but. Uh, they are three and zero. I don't think they played anybody with a pulse, but this this has got trap game written all over it. So I don't think Missouri will lose it, but I think it's going to be a really tight ball game, and it doesn't help that Brady Cook uh, is injured, and you know they've upgraded him to day to day, but he may not even suit up in this game, and maybe that's got something to do with the spread. But this this is one if I'm Missouri, I'm I'm kind of worried about. Speaking with Michael Bratton of that SEC podcast here on Out of Bounds. And, Mike, I know we've gone through all the games, but this is one, too, that, that's not going to talk about a lot, but it's on SEC Network at 6.30 on Saturday night. Mississippi State and South Carolina. And the only reason I really bring it up is because South Carolina sitting at 1-2. and two. Granted, they lost to Georgia in that North Carolina game. People were expecting a lot out of the Gamecocks, and Mississippi State got blown up by LSU last week at home. But if Mississippi State goes on the road in Columbia and beats South Carolina – and then South Carolina drops to one and three on the season. I feel like a lot of people are going to be very upset with Shane Beamer, even though he had a lot of good grace from the way the last year ended. But starting out one and three and losing that game at home, that could be really problematic for him. Right. And, I mean, his 
best win to date, I guess, uh, this season is being up at halftime in the game they got blown out <laughs> the second half. So, yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, this is this is why a lot of people, myself included, despite the, the height and, and how they finished last season, you know, one season to the next does not necessarily translate, and I, I didn't think it would for the Gamecocks. Now, I think the future is bright. They're recruiting well, but, yeah, this is a must win, I, and I think for both teams because Mississippi State's got quite the tough slate coming up as well. Um, neither one of these defenses is that good. South Carolina, particularly against the, the run, is awful. That's about on, the only thing Mississippi State can do. So I think a lot of people are going to be picking South Carolina and the spread based on Mississippi State getting waxed at home last week to LSU. But, again, I, I think that says more about LSU and, and how good they are compared to where Mississippi State's at. So must-win game. I think it goes down to the wire, and it, this is this is like a 50-50 home game. South Carolina probably wins it with the home field, but if, it, if this game was historical, I'd probably be picking Mississippi State to win it. Mike, in power rankings, you include Texas and OU, so you have Georgia at two overall, and they're sandwiched in between OU and Texas. What has OU – why do you give OU the advantage over Texas, OU coming in at one and Texas at three? Yeah, well – I mean, Oklahoma, I don't know how much you've watched of them, Joe, but, I mean, my goodness. They, I realize people always say, well, they haven't played anybody. Well, that's true to an extent, but, I mean, they're jumping on these teams. And I'm talking like 28-0 to zero in the first quarter. And, and they've been doing that in, in two of the three games I've seen them play. They look like Tennessee last year, just throwing it all over the yard, unstoppable on offense, and, and defense doing enough to have some blowout wins. So, uh, I'm taking this season to learn Texas and Oklahoma, and I've been wildly impressed with Oklahoma. Now, I had Texas number one last week coming off that Alabama win, but all of a sudden uh, that's kind of why I docked Texas because I don't even know how good Alabama is now. So, uh, I mean, they, they both look like they'll come into the SEC ready to compete. I can't wait for, for that day and time. And, and again, Georgia – Again, I'm, I'm kind of grading them on a curve. It's probably not fair, but they're you know back-to-back champions. Obviously, they're not near the caliber they they have been the last two years. They they are not the best team in the country, and anybody rating Georgia number one is purely doing that on what they did last year and the year before. And I don't think that's how you rank a college football team in 2023. Well, Mike, we do have to ask you, of course, about Arkansas and LSU. Now, Arkansas is coming off of. Uh... What some Razorback fans would consider a bad win, not that BYU is a bad team, but more so of just how they played. You had 14 penalties on Arkansas, a couple turnovers, a couple questionable calls, just a lot of things that were uh, not looking good for the Razorbacks and not really something that people can have confidence in. This matchup against LSU, it opened up with Bet Saracen at minus 18.5 in favor of LSU. Do you feel like it's going to be blowout city and LSU wins by three scores in Baton Rouge at night? Or do you feel like oh, Arkansas might give them a game, might be closer than what the experts think, or even might find a way to upset the Tigers down in Baton Rouge? Yeah, this is my favorite game in the SEC this weekend, John. I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna be a classic. I think it's gonna go down on the wire, and uh, I'll, you know, your audience probably by this point knows I'm awful at, at picking games, particularly Razorback games. So I'm not gonna pick them to win because that would just break their hearts and that would destine the Razorbacks to lose. So. I'll say LSU wins a close one, which means Arkansas will probably win it. Uh, I mean, this, this is a battle of, of 
two really good teams. I, I, I realize fans are mad. We lost the BYU game. We shouldn't have lost it. Uh, but, again, I mean, that the analytics say Arkansas won that game. And I, and I realize that doesn't really matter. It matters what actually happened. But Arkansas let that one get away. They, they ought to be mad as hell going into this football game. And, again, LSU, they're going to get hyped up. They just killed Mississippi State. I get it. But uh, I, I think these teams are much, much closer than people realize at this point in time. So give me LSU by about three points. I got Arkansas covering the spread. That's my lock of the week. Based on the matchup, what impresses you about these two teams in Arkansas and LSU? Uh, both offenses. Uh, well, wait, no, not all. Well, Arkansas, mm-hmm. not yeah. not the run, not the offensive line, obviously, but the two quarterbacks going head to head. And Arkansas, they're impressive turnaround on the defensive side of the ball. I realize they're not world beaters. They got beat for some explosive plays last week against BYU. That was kind of bad. But, I mean, this is a, a unit that was just got awful, like your audience knows, last season. But they're, they're turning the ball. They're forcing the issue. I, I believe they're number one in the SEC in turnovers. At least they were last week. So, got to be op- opportunistic. LSU's got the number six offensive efficiency in the country. Arkansas's got the number 10 defensive efficiency in the country this is this is a heavyweight battle here and again lsu number 35 offensive efficiency in the country lsu 116 defense so i think arkansas is going to have ways to score points on this lsu defense i really do in tiger stadium so i think it's a high scoring game i think it's back and forth i think it's a kj jefferson Jaden daniels show and uh, i can't wait to watch it yeah, it's going to be different from the past three games that these two teams are, have faced off against each other because all of them ended in a three-point margin with uh, LSU winning twice. But all, the road team always won, and they were always low scoring. So uh, it could be uh, one of those games that uh, really changes everything. And uh, it's kind of how funny how college football will be and how it is, Mike, is that with Razorback fans as upset as they are now, all it takes is just a, a measly victory on the road against LSU to get them all back in to the good graces and back on the Sam Pittman train. But uh, that's why we got to play these games. We got to figure it all out, and I guess we'll see Saturday. But hey, Mike, as always, dude, we appreciate you joining us. Great stuff. You can follow him on Twitter at Michael W. Ratton and see what he has to offer there on that SEC podcast. And have a great weekend, man. We'll be catching up with you later in the season. All right. Thanks for having me, guys.